Fraser. Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms. This is the Flex and Frooms Catch-Up Podcast. It is Flex and Frooms on Cater, and I've had one of the coolest experiences in the whole wide world. Long story short, I went to a dinner party with a friend I haven't seen in so long. It was me, my friend, her boyfriend, and her... Is it a co-worker when you're both actors? I guess so. Yeah. Peer. 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 Peer to peer. Um, And I brought up Divergent because I really do enjoy young adult uh, dystopian novels because I think they create this really amazing framework for us to see where we're going. Why is dystopia so uh, popular for young adults? I I don't know. Um, But I don't read it now, but when I was younger, like in high school, it's a lot of what I read was like dystopian novels. And so I was thinking about how, remember I told you that all of digital data is stored in a physical place and we talked to Trevor Long about it. And it's, uh, and we were saying that one of two things are going to happen. It's going to become really, really expensive to store data. Right yep. now it's a couple of dollars on iCloud per month. So it's going to be limited to those who are, you know, really rich or those who can afford it or we're going to get to a point of maximum saturation where you just have to delete the data. And I was like, oh, my goodness, we're going to have another burn the books moment. We're going to have another burn the books moment. Like, it's you or the information, babe. You want to save the world? It's you or the information. And then um, together we – well, basically I started talking about a book concept that I want to write, and they kept asking me questions about the book, and I was ideating with them, and now I have a manuscript. Amazing. So I'm going to be an amazing dystopian fiction author, babes. I'm cooking. I'm cooking. I'm cooking. I'm cooking. I'm cooking. I'm cooking. It's going to change my life. I look forward to it. It's sick. Any updates for me? Nah, I'm chilling. Okay. Let's get to it. Kato. Flex and Frooms. You're listening to Flex and Frooms. What the freak? I'm not sure about you, Flex, but when I'm thinking about the topic of babies, you have sex with somebody or perhaps you have artificial insemination and together it's possible to create a baby, okay? Correct. This has occurred through time immemorial. I think the first baby was created in a tube, a test tube baby in the 90s in Australia. Thank you to Monash IVF, the first in its kind. And since then, leaps and bounds have been made when it comes to assisted reproduction. But, of course, as technology uh, continues to evolve – There's the ability to edit the genes and edit your baby. So I subscribed to a newsletter (laughs) called New World Same Humans. What are you giggling about? You. Just about this break. And he, this guy writes about like new technologies um, and then like gives his two cents every week. And it's really great. It's called New Week Same Humans. Substack, you can Google it and uh, you can Google it and sign up. He was talking about a piece that was published in the Journal of Science this week and the study asked respondents if they'd use embryo selection and or gene editing technologies to create children who are smarter and more likely to get into a top ranked college. The respondents were told to imagine that these techniques are free and safe, neither of which is currently true. And a full 38% said they'd use embryo selection and 28% said they'd use, they'd use gene editing, which means that our data suggests that it would be unwise to assume that the use of PGTP, which is gene editing, even for controversial traits, will be limited to idiosyncratic individuals or that it has little potential to cause or contribute to society-wide changes in inequities. In other words, gene editing humans may be just around the corner, so get ready for some seriously weird and terrifying implications. I want to talk about this more on the podcast. I want to ask you, Flexi, if you had the ability to edit your child, your would-be spawn, and make it smarter, cleverer, hotter, insert quality that you want here, 
would you do it? It's a big question. So despite the fact that it was a real struggle for me to get that last few sentences out. First time we read the article. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have busy weeks, folks, okay? <laughs> I'm busy rollerblading. Um, so do you think that you would edit your baby if you had the chance? Okay, let, let's start with like the first what do you tier think? of this. Let's start with the first tier of this. If you wanted your baby, no, okay, you go. No, you go. <laughs> I'm doing this thing where I make Frooms form her own thoughts. That's not true and that's not nice. I'm I'm literally doing it. You'll notice every day today you'll you you'll for all of your breaks that's a question. You'll be like, What do you think, Flex? I'll be like, What do you think, Froomey? And then you and then don't you answer, answer the question. Because I love to hear you speak. Because usually you just default to what do you think, Flex, and then you're like, Okay, I agree. No, I don't. That's untrue. Um, you are biased. And you also the before made me do that fucked um would you rather? And then you didn't answer it. So, yeah, checkmate. That's not how the game goes. Respectfully, checkmate. Yeah, but go. Well, I'm asking you, would you choose a gene-edited baby if you had the option? No. Why? Because I don't think it's smart to play God. It never works. And I also don't think that these things with the best intentions, um, I think evil always prevails. And I think we get to the slippery slope quicker than we think that we're going to. It's like we talked – before about deep fakes it's ha 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 funny until you know you're now implicated and it's not just Donald Trump being deep faked or Robert Pattinson in a funny way it's you being put in precarious situations or your voice or your likeness being put in a situation where you can't defend yourself or opt out I think that you know people have talked about how People have spoken for years and years and years how you can have the best intentions with eugenics and be like, oh, you know, but I'm just going to give my baby blue eyes. Why? Mm. Why? I'm just going to make sure my baby doesn't have any diseases. Which ones? I'm just going to give my best baby the best fighting chance of being, you know, intelligent. How? How? You know, and now we're going to, quote unquote, breed out qualities or we're going to create a homogenized race and also the people who are going to have access and the resources and the money to be able to do this is going to be the same white people, the same like hectic uh, Nazi fucking um, Aryan community being like, we're just going to breed more of ours. I was reading about, um, cause there's this new philosophy called long-termism. Hmm. Let me find the Google um, place. Uh, the Google definition. So long-termism is the ethical stance which gives priority to improving the long-term future. It's an important concept in effective altruism and serves as a primary motivation for efforts that claim to reduce existential risks to humanity. So there is this group of billionaires who have created this elite club of basically encouraging other billionaires and elite to procreate and to commit to um, giving birth to at least 10 children to uh, essentially nurture and create and raise the type of people who'd be able to save the world. They're kind of like, you can't rely on the common man. We fellow elites need to commit to um, extending our bloodline and being here and not falling into the trap of not wanting to have kids for whatever reason. It's not about us. It's about the future, etc. So no, I don't want to play God. I just don't think it's good. And I think that a lot of us uh, and I would say even me, like I'm not at the place where I've fully decolonized my mind and what I think and how I feel enough to be parenting, let alone enough to be choosing what I want my kid to look like and be made up of. Facts. What do you think? I guess, yeah, like it's 
I just immediately think of like the funny things about it. But of course, it's it's like AI, how it has all of these... Un- Wait, what funny things? Like the idea of being like in The Sims, like picking what your baby looks like. Like I imagine it in a funny way. I don't think of it in an actual practical way. Um, but yeah, you're so right about how, like we talk about with AI, it's like a particular type of person that's making it. So then they're going to have like unconscious bias that bleeds into it, um, et cetera. That's why like you say, even with like us talking to smarter child on MSN and our, like how I, I'm not very nice to my, um, Siri. I don't actually use Siri because I don't find that it works very effectively. Um, like the other day I was messaging Flex and it put us in a group chat with another random chick that I haven't spoken to in 10 years. <laughs> you can't blame Siri. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was so, funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gene editing, I, it's shocking to me. I mean, it's not really shocking that it's happening. Like I guess people are always going to be playing with that kind of stuff. Wait, so would can. you? Um, no, I think as well because I, I wouldn't say I'm superstitious but I think if you did that and intervened, well, I've got no, no issue with like, I think it's cool to see technology like this happen. Like if people didn't start going down this route, then there wouldn't be like egg freezing and insemination, all that kind of stuff like that. Even that back then I think was considered a bit like, is this even like ethical to be making a baby um, in a lab per se? Um, so I think it's like interesting from a technological point, but it's very dystopian. And I can imagine, yeah, there have obviously been problems with different things being preferential. Um, and it's not really like how humans were designed, right? It's not regular. We'll watch this space. Um, we are every day a step closer to Black Mirror. Um, and once I watched too much Black Mirror in the school holidays that it sent me into a existential crisis. So For real? Yeah. I'll maybe um, just pick other things from this newsletter that aren't super scary. It's literally going to cost us millions of dollars to have a kid and I plan to have a spoiled nepotism baby. I just can't afford to also be doing twinks before it even exists. (laughs) I don't even know if I like it. We'll do twinks on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Post-production twinks. (laughs) Aftercare. Aftercare add-ons. You're listening to Flex and Frooms on Cater. You're on Kata. It's Flex and Frooms. We're with you from 3 to 5 p.m. Welcome back. Something that we talk about on the show, um, whether or not I like it or not, is dating. And I have a love line. Someone has sent in this dilemma to us and we're going to listen to it and perhaps provide answers that are either illuminating or totally ridiculous. True. You decide. This title is Queen of the Lead On. I went out for dinner and drinks with a guy for the first time and had a really good night. Normally, I'm the type to chat with them a little more before meeting up straight away, but we had mutuals and he seemed normal enough. Mm, that's fair. Mm, I guess. It can, it can end badly, but we'll go with that. Things were going so well, so I invited him back to my place for the night. Overall, good night. So we know the deed was done. Fast forward a week later and I hung out with him again. Same good vibes and a good time. And he said he had a surprise for me. It was something that I'd mentioned I was going to buy myself, but never got around to it. Mm. I was shocked and it was really sweet. I've since been looking up gifts online uh, because it was an antique and it's possible that he spent up to $300 on them. Oh. I'm touched that he potentially spent quite a fair amount of money on me so early on and I get the vibe he may not be on the same page as me, although I thought I'd been pretty honest. I'm keen to see where things go, but don't know if I'm ready to jump into the deep end with anything too serious. Am I overthinking this or... Do I have to keep stating that I'm a casual girly? <laughs> As stated <laughs> during our previous hangout. <laughs> we have since messaged her to ask her what it was that the gift would be because I'm thinking if this is jewellery, sis, you got to run for the hills, okay? <laughs> but if it's maybe something a little bit more 
like I, I think buying jewelry is like BF, GF, 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 BF, BF status. Apparently, it was a set of Lee, uh, Lee Crusset, those like beautiful Dutch ovens, and he's found Not some Lee, vintage. Le French. Lee Crusset. Great. Continue. Okay. Um, okay, Duolingo. Okay, Duolingo op. <laughs> <laughs> Secret side gig. Um, and it was sentimental for her, for her because her grandmother loved to use La Croquette. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you think that it's too much? What do you think? Um, I think that if you've said that you want to keep things casual, if we're going by the law of like what books tell you to do to make a man <laughs> no, fall what do in you love think? with you. <laughs> Look, nothing like – I'm either all in or all out. If I'm not into you and then mm. you start doing real sweet stuff, like I'm freaking out. I'm feeling trapped. I'm feeling claustrophobic. And it sounds like you're not into this guy. Like you're looking for something casual, which you've been very clear about. And he's taken that as a sign of need to win this chick over. I would say take the Le set. okay? They're expensive. And they've got something. Once a guy um, gave me a Shane Warne cricket ball. Whoa. And I am a big Shane Warne fan, so it was a really beautiful moment. Um, but, of course, like if you break up with the person, what do you do with it? Does it have to – do you have to keep it? Do you have to change the story up? I say just accept it for what it is and know that gifts do not equate to ownership. Yeah, I'm, I'm likely to agree. I have been thinking recently that a lot of us don't allow ourselves to enjoy the benefits of romance for fear of it coming across as wanting more. So it's like you're only now you're only allowed to be really intimate with a person and buy gifts and be romantic if you're going to date. And I just feel like you're going to date more people than you you're going to casually see more people than you end up partnering with. And so why can't you enjoy the experience of extreme intimacy without the title. Like Make it's your it fun. gift. Make it fun. Take the gift. Enjoy. I don't say you have to keep uh, emphasizing. You've already done more than enough, which is, you know, set your intentions early on. But I think if you start getting uncomfortable with it because you feel as though this person's not respecting your boundaries, then obviously be like, hey, babe, back off. Something's got to happen. Something's got to happen. Yeah, something's got to give. This is Flex and Frooms on Kata. Has technology gone too far? Some might say it's not gone far enough considering that back in my day when we were talking about the future, we expected keyless entry. Why do we have keys in 2023? Why isn't everything – I need my doors to be pushed to start. And go boop, boop, open. Um, where are the flying cars? But even then, like, I just feel like there's not a lot of cyber – anything the fact that i don't know what my don't know what my vitals are by just like scanning the chip in my wrist it feels archaic why do you want us to be cavemen so badly but in good news because we are making progress in the death industry when it comes to tech so thank you for stepping up you know the overlords of the funeral environment anyway the digital eulogy (laughs) anyway according to body and soul the digital eulogy era is here Thanks to Tombstone QR codes. Did a Gen Z write that headline? (laughs) Someone over the age of 40 did not pen that one, and I appreciate that. They've said a new way to learn about your ancestors could become commonplace thanks to the merging of technology and gravesites. Gravesite QR codes are officially becoming a way to pay tribute and share the stories of a person's incredible life beyond the grave. This idea came to be by this US-based engineer and inventor, Michael Bork. 
Bourque, B-O-U-R-Q-U-E, who decided to make a QR code for his late father's headstone as a way to honor his dad's incredible life with others who may be passing by the grave. So he was like, there's so much to know about my dad. He lived such a rich life and nobody knows that aside from me and the people who lived with him. I want to do this small thing so people can honor him in the way that he deserves to be honored. So if you scan the QR code on Michael's dad's grave, it'll link to a website that um, goes through like his life bio. The fact that he lived through the Great Depression and he served in the Korean War um, and he worked on nuclear testing sites in the Cold War. Like, OK, that's CV, CV. He's king. And so it's just a modern take on keeping the memories alive for loved ones. Sounds great in theory. In practice, I'm a bit confused. If something happened to you through me, untimely of course and someone's gonna make a digital gravestone i'm very concerned about (laughs) what they would gather (laughs) and put front and center because even though you're not living a double life i'm pretty sure like you're gonna want a few professional accolades not you (laughs) doing like shrek cosplay and talking about ghosting on cater it's like who do we nominate and is this something that you need to like self-curate before you die (laughs) because I don't know. Even like the main image. Are we updating that <laughs> seasonally? Or? So my current um, Instagram picture is big of me <laughs> with a Karen haircut. And honestly, people say that it looks like Bella did. So that's why I've kept it there. Um, I have like a lot of future proof things that I've done. Like on Facebook, my um, best friend like gets it if I die on, in an untimely manner. Um, also, digital wills are happening. My mum just added me to a, her will. Damn, your mum's tech savvy. Literally. And I just thought, I don't know how she did that. So what it did, I got this email saying, you've just been added to XYZ's will. You don't have to do anything with this, but this is the email that's on file. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like we're really making this stuff digital, which feels so antithetical to what death is. What if you can't access that email account? Literally. What if my internet's down? Um, But yeah, it's good to know that we're making, um, how do you say, we're making waves in the death industry, which is very important. Kata. Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms. Everybody thinks they have the capacity to participate in hypergamy. That is the act of dating or marrying up, marrying rich, marrying successful, capitalistic. Um, and here's the thing. I'm not going to say you don't, but I will say, have you ever seen a prenup of a billionaire? Have you ever seen what's required? Because I managed to get my hands on Mark Zuckerberg's through a friend of a friend. And I want you to listen to this and tell me if you have the capacity. This is a TikTok from Hello Prenup. What does someone like Mark Zuckerberg put in their prenup? Well, from what we've heard, he's got some pretty interesting clauses. Like the alleged clause that mandates the two of them spend 100 hours of alone time per week outside of the office. But outside of those more quirkier terms, what are the financial terms we think he has in the prenup? Well, to no one's surprise, it's likely that he's kept his interest in Facebook separate. And the majority of Facebook's assets are said to be in intellectual property. This includes designs, business processes, algorithms, and more. So we believe it's highly, highly likely that he's included a clause to protect his intellectual property to ensure that it stays separate in the event of a divorce. He really said, hands off my pokes, sis. Said, I want quality time. That's my love. A hundred hours? That's more than a full-time job. And it's contractual that we do... Two full, two and a half full-time <laughs> jobs of quality time together a week. You don't want to do that. How does he get the time? Well, this is the thing. He's kind of like, you, it's the clause that you have to spend time with him. Oh, my God. So he can be doing what he needs to be doing. You just need to be present at all times, accessible. That can't be real. Why not? You saw the source. Hello, Prina. On, t- <laughs> <laughs> on 
TikTok. <laughs> On a competitor site. I've, I've cited my sources, okay? <laughs> it's a lot. Like, I feel like even if, let's say that was the only clause, if you want access to this wealth, if you want access to any IP that's not Facebook and Meta related, if you want to share your life with me, clock on two full-time jobs. What's 100 divided by seven? 70. No. 14. Yeah, 13-ish. So every waking moment you're going to be spending with your king. I mean, the billions are billioning is all I'll say. If you're with someone in Hawaii, does it really matter who the person is? Just like dissociate <laughs> and enjoy the five-star accommodation <laughs> and the no-brew dinners. Get room service. What's the big deal? <laughs> anyway, good luck. Lock yourself in the bathroom. <laughs> You've been listening to the Flex and Froom's daily podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.